This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. I am happy to have you all here with me again today. And we are going to be talking with an author, Claire McGarry, and she is the author of Grace Intention, Discover Peace with Martha and Mary. She has also written the Lenten Family Devotional with Our Savior and then Abundant Mercy. She is a regular contributor to Living Faith and Catholic Mom. Her freelance work has appeared in several books, magazines, and devotionals. She is the founder of Mosaic of Faith, a ministry with several programs for moms and kids, and lives in New Hampshire with her husband and three children, Welcome, Claire. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm thrilled. We've got the East Coast covered. You're in New Hampshire, and I am in South Florida. I have read parts of your book, Grace Intention, Discover Peace with Martha and Mary. Not the first Bible story that comes to my mind when I think about peace. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Um, I think where this all began was the fact that I too didn't discover peace in that passage in Luke 10 with the sisters. Um, it actually caused me a lot of tension and frustration. And it was while I was sitting in my prayer time, reading through it for the umpteenth time, because we've all read it several times, that I was truly getting frustrated. And that's when I heard God ask me, why, why are you so frustrated by this? Why, if it's someone else's story, are you getting as worked up as Martha did? And that's when I discovered, um, I, I think I've always known I'm a Martha, but it, it took it to a deeper level, my understanding of being a Martha. And then he walked me through a process that actually helped me work through my frustration to peace on the other side. And so I think very few of us, sadly, immediately find peace in a whole lot, especially in today's climate. (laughs) It starts with the tension, but if we can take our tension to God, he's the one who leads us through a process where we find peace on the other side you turned it over to him is what you're saying. Completely. What happened was, and it it has happened to me umpteen million times in my prayer time with him is he shifts my perspective. That's actually the, the name of my blog, shifting my perspective, because life is just filled with stress and tension and problems all the time. Um, especially as a mom of three and trying to juggle so much But every time I go to him and open myself up, because there's a difference. We can go sit at his feet and feel no change at all. It takes opening ourselves up to what he wants to do within us that makes all the difference in the world. And so in those moments when I do that, he walks me through a process which I hadn't seen how clear cut it was until I was actually writing this book. As I had, I'm, I'm old school, so I write a lot of notes, pen on paper, 
and I had them all spread out over a six foot table and stood above them. And as I was looking at them, I realized the process spells the word gift itself, because my premise is in this book is that God doesn't give us our stress and tension. We're pretty good at creating that ourselves by how we treat each other, how we treat the environment, and sadly, even how we treat ourselves. But God always shows up in the midst of our tension, and I believe he always tucks a gift within our tension. And so if we go to him, he actually reveals what that gift is through this gift acronym. So the G of gift is gauge. We need to sit at his feet and gauge and identify or name what the tension is that we're feeling. Because I don't know about you, but oftentimes I name the wrong thing. I name the symptom and not the root cause. And you can't ever fix the root cause if you don't identify it. So it's by being with God that he helps us see what the real tension is. So for example, when I was sitting with him, reading the passage about Martha and Mary, he helped me see it was my frustration. So I named it frustration. Then comes the I, invite. He asked me to invite that frustration in. Far too often, we run away from our tension. The last thing we want to do is turn around and face it or move toward it. And so I believe that unless it's going to put us in spiritual or mortal danger, I believe God invites us to bring it to him, sit with him and invite it in. Because it's when we invite it in and look it squarely in the eyes, we loosen our hold on our emotions. And when we loosen our hold on our emotions, they loosen their hold on us. And oftentimes it's the emotions that cloud our vision. We can't really see what's really happening because we're just worked up. We've got that haze of anger and frustration blocking. So that's when we use the F for filter. Once the emotions are removed, we can look through the filter of God's loving eyes. Because like I said, he's always putting a gift in there. He's always working for our good. And he always views everything with love. So when we can look through his, the filter of his loving eyes, we see the situation for what it truly is, factually. Not emotion-based, but fact-based. And that's when we can reach that T of gift for transform. That's when he can call us to the transformation, the changes we need to make, whether external in how we're moving about in the world or internal, how we're handling things. That's when he helps us transform our attention into peace and grace. So that's amazing. I, I love I love the acronym GIFT, and I will, I will put that out in the, in the show notes. You explain it so beautifully as we're talking, but you also, I did read that section in the book, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think one of the things I want to point out, just, just because I want to point them out in case people did not catch it, it's God who is doing this work in you, in all of us, when 
we allow him in. I really appreciate what you said, especially with the eye. It's like you invite, you invite him into the situation, into the prayer. It starts with God. We, we believe that the prayer starts with us, right? But really the prayer starts with him because God is always, always calling us and he's calling us to see past our anger, our frustration, our tension, because you're so right. He does not create nor want us to live in tension, whether it's of our own making, because oftentimes tension is of our own making. Uh, raise your hands. Okay. If you're driving, don't raise your hands. Um, <laughs> while you're listening, please, no accidents. Um, but we often create our own tension. It used to be called being a drama queen, right? I don't know why no one's ever a drama king, but nonetheless, <laughs> we often create our own tension. But oftentimes, life creates tension because there are problems. People get sick. People have financial worries. People have job losses. So these are very real things. And so it's not as if God says, hmm, I don't care. He would never, right? No. And so I love the way God revealed all of this to you through prayer and through your own thinking about what was going on, right? It reminds me that there's no, there's no magic fairy dust here, but it is, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It is totally the work of the Holy Spirit when you open yourself up to it. So it sounds like then your book is going to unpack these gifts, correct? Correct. Correct. And through the lens of Martha and Mary, because there's a, so I've broken the book up into three parts. The beginning part is the low level tension. And I imagine a scenario with Mary that Mary herself feels her own tension. Um, and it's obviously imaginary, but it's, it's the what if. What if Mary had made different choices? And the idea being that in low level tension, when we feel that little bit of angst, some bumps in the road, things aren't going smoothly the way we want them to, that's when God shows up and just gives us a gentle nudge to get us back on track. And I believe, because Mary is so intuitive, had she made some choices, because if you read the passage, and this only occurred to me as I was meditating on it, is that when Jesus arrives, Mary's not at the door. And so what if Mary were in the kitchen doing for Jesus rather than being with him because she wasn't there to greet him? And so I imagine the tension she would have felt by making that wrong choice for who she is, but she would have felt God's gentle nudge. She would have adjusted her choices. And sure enough, in the next line of scripture, there she is at his feet. But Martha, when she feels those bumps in the roads, when she feels that angst, rather than looking inward and saying, is it, is it a choice I made? 
is it something I'm doing that might be the cause of this that I need to change? She digs her heels in. She grabs on that rope of tension. She pulls it even tighter and puts herself into tension's mid-level zone. And that's where the bulk of us live because it's hard to be introspective. It's hard to always be looking at our choices and saying, perhaps I chose wrong, or maybe my reaction isn't appropriate to the situation. It's so much easier to point the finger outward, like Martha did and say, make Mary change what she's doing. And so I don't know about you, but in my life, I want the circumstances to change. I want the people around me to change. And when they don't, that's when my stress and tension goes higher. And so it's uh, it's a process. There's multiple chapters in the book devoted to mid-level tension, because again, I think it's where most of us live when we don't draw healthy boundaries or trim back the extras or ask for help, or we spend our time comparing ourselves with other people. Um, but it's God waiting within that tension with the answers, with the path to lead us on to resolve those. So we do draw healthy boundaries. We stop comparing. We defer things to a different season. We trim back the extras. Whatever it is we have to do to create that balance in our lives so we can do our Martha tasks with a merry heart. And then yes. the third part of the book is the high-level tension. That Those are the circumstances that we think are beyond our control. Um, and outwardly, they are the, the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, the cancer diagnosis. Of course, all of those things are beyond our control externally. But we still have a choice in how we respond. And Martha and Mary show us that in John 11 and 12 with especially in John 11 with the loss of their brother Lazarus that was something beyond their control circumstances did not work out the way they wanted them to Jesus did not come when he called when they asked him um, but they learned both of them they learned to be at peace with the circumstances that were beyond their control and that's where our choice lies so that even in the biggest challenges and difficulties of our lives, there still is peace and grace tucked in there if we just turn to God and let him reveal what that is or how to reach that. I think that that point of the the choice is our response, right? We may not choose the circumstance and sometimes there are big things outside of our control. Sometimes it's smaller things outside of our control, but our response is always within our control. I think one of the things, unfortunately, is that I've noticed that I understand that so much better now that I'm older and I have, you know, I have adult children and I have grandchildren and I have parents who, not that they need care, but they're sort of, you know, they're getting older um, as we all are. And now I realize, okay, yeah, I could just, I can stop for a second or, or even like 10 and the world will not end. Um, the task will get done, but I need to stop a minute. I need to think about what's the best way to do this. And 
what is my best response? What, what is the response that God wants me to offer? Not that quick tempered, you know, yeah, the world would be perfect if the world would just, would y'all just do what I say when I say it, how I say it, and we wouldn't need to have any trouble. Of course, the tension then is maybe Deanna's way is not Claire's way. And then, oops, what do we do now? Right. (laughs) Which is, which is what happens, you know, Um, there's more than one way to do most things. There's more than one way to react in most situations. And I could point to many times in my own life where my response has made a situation better just as many times as I can say that my response has made a situation worse. And so who better to turn to before we make the situation worse than God, you know, just, just invite him, invite him into the mess because life is not perfect. Um, We took care of that in the garden, you know, way back, (laughs) way back. And we're not, the side of heaven where we will never have perfection. Um, so I really just glancing through the chapter titles, just all of it. Of course, for me, the, the, the biggest thing that I love about your book, well, maybe not the biggest, but one of is that it starts with scripture because that is his word. And so when we start there, typically we end up in the right place unless we do weird things in our brain, trying to see it our way, even when we're reading God's word. And the other thing you point out is, so you start with God's word and then you stop and you listen to him, you know, and obviously you're not talking about this audible voice, like you hear my voice, um, but you hear him and you see him around you and you pay attention. And I think that is something that is so necessary. And though you say you're a Martha, that's a little bit of a Mary, I think. No, <laughs> I'm, I, hopefully I'm getting there. And I think, I think there's beauty in both. Absolutely. And, obvi- and obviously in balancing the two. Yeah. Um, and, and what I try to do is like you said, every chapter begins in scripture, but then I end each chapter with a prayer my hope is that I'm leading my reader to the feet of Jesus, then followed by questions for reflection in the gift format, in that gauge, invite, filter, transform, so that hopefully I help the reader do the same thing. I challenge the reader to gauge what their real tension is in regards to that topic. You know, is it preventing comparison? Where's the trap for that person in the comparison game? Gauge it, invite it in, and then see through the filter of God's eyes, what is God saying to that individual? Because obviously, like you mentioned before, how you respond to a situation is different to how I respond, what comparison is for one person is different for another how god calls them out of that is different for one person as it is for another so i try to phrase the questions in such a way that each person can make them their own 
so that they can truly engage with God and then have God lead them through the gift process so that hopefully each person finds their own peace within each of those issues that each of the chapters address. I think what I liked about what I read, and I, I did not read the whole book cover to cover, not going to lie, um, <laughs> but what I read, it really is, it definitely can lead a person through that gift process, right? Through the process of gauging, inviting, filtering, and then the transformation that God is asking. But also, I can definitely see a takeaway being, and I'm, I'm sure this was your intention, that then in life, because life is happening all around us, then you're able to really use that same process to say, okay, how am I going to react to this situation? You know, yeah. how am I going to filter it with God's help? And I think that that's important to do. Um, who is this book written for? Who's like your, your target here? Oh, that is such a great question because the origin of it was retreats from mothers. So that's where I began really delving into the scripture passage in Luke 10 was through giving retreats to mothers. And there were so many nuggets of wisdom tucked in there for mothers and how to handle the juggling act within the home. Because as a mother, you are more in the home than at any other phase in your life. Even if you're working, you still have these home responsibilities that have multiplied. So it began there. But as I was writing it, I tried to zoom out because stress and tension isn't just, (coughs) pardon me, isn't just the domain of motherhood. It's for every person. And I wrote the bulk of it. Actually, everything but the first chapter was written during lockdown in COVID. And talk about a time when stress and tension was for everybody. <laughs> you know, there was no one excluded from, from that ter- these terrible emotions. And so that was another motivation to to zoom out and try to present the book in such a way that it wasn't restrictive of any group Um, to the point where I have multiple men approaching me saying, this book has really impacted me. I see so much of myself in this book, which is one of the most gratifying things you can hear as a as an author, um, because I tried so very hard not to make it feminine, just strictly feminine, that I was trying to to capture everyone. Um, and several of the gentlemen are in their 70s. That was gratifying too, because it's not just the younger person who relates to this. So to answer your question, my hope is it resonates with everyone for who they are, where they're at, because tension doesn't give anyone a free pass. <laughs> so no. there is, there, there, there's, yeah, there's definitely tension all around almost all 
the time. And there's probably some physics rationale for it, but I'm not a physicist, so I'm not going to try to answer that part of it. Um, well, I think, you know, what I've read certainly resonated with me. And I, like I said, I mean, I don't have young children anymore. When you live with people, there's tension. When yeah. you go to the, the grocery store, there's tension. When you go to work, there's tension. There's, it's just the way things are. And more and more, our, our response is so necessary that they are thoughtful and kind and loving and concerned because that's really what the world is in need of. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so this, this gift process that you've gifted your readers with is, is very important and I can see it being very worthwhile and helpful. And it's not just a cute acronym, you know, it really, it makes sense. It's useful. It's not just a cute thing to put like on your bulletin board and go, Oh, it's a gift. Well, yeah, but to go through that, I think is going to be very beneficial. Um, you can find Claire's book at our Sunday visitor. I'm sure it's also available on Amazon, right? Yes. Um, and what else would you like us to know about either your, the book or your work in general? Um, well, two things. One is that I try to create the book in such a way that it can be used individually, but that it can also be used as a group, um, especially with that gift acronym with the questions at the end. My hope is that it, whether you choose to read it alone or with a group, it inspires journaling time, um, anything where you're participating actively in it, whether it's quietly in prayer time, out walking in nature, working through the questions in your journal, working through the questions or in a larger group. Um, my parish, for example, is using it as their book club book and they gather and they talk about it. They're doing two chapters at a time. Um, whether you do it that way or read the whole book and just meet once, um, it, my hope is that it creates food for thought, food for discussion. And I think sometimes when we don't necessarily connect or the topic doesn't resonate with us, when we hear someone else talk about it, God can talk to us through that person. So there's great value in joining together as a group and talking about it because you can see it in a whole new light through someone else's perspective. And then suddenly it can resonate. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I would love to put in a little plug. I just released a new family Lenten devotional called Abundant Mercy through Creative Communications for the Parish that's available. And if you go to my website, Shifting My Perspective, you can learn more about that. But it's a sweet little booklet that my hope is it draws families together to pray together during the 40 days of Lent. And of course, I will have links to everything that we've talked about in the show notes. But Claire's blog or website is called Shifting My Perspective. Is that dot com? Uh, yes. 
Okay. So shiftingmyperspective.com is where you can find just pretty much everything that Claire has got going on. And she's also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And I'll put those links in the show notes. Uh, If you have any questions, of course, you can um, email me and I will get them to Claire if you have any questions. But I do highly recommend taking a look at this book. Uh, Like I said, it's available either Our Sunday Visitor or Amazon. And I could definitely see it as being a very good book club book. What I liked about it is that your questions are at the end of each chapter. So you at least have to, people at least have to look at them before turning the page, right? And really to draw you into that scripture, to draw you into that prayer, to spend some time. And it's not always easy to find time to pray. Uh, The way the book is structured, you certainly can, you know, read through the chapter and then do, do your prayer time later on, maybe try just once a week, take it to adoration with you. Um, there are lots of ways that you can use the book in your prayer time. And I would definitely recommend taking a look at this and journaling as, as Claire suggested as well. She basically has had all the high points of what I love about praying with scripture. Uh, and she's put it all into one book. So you don't have to have lots of other things around. You can just bring that one book with you, stick it in your purse or in your back pocket and uh, take it to adoration, pray with it, journal with it. And what is God saying to you? What is he saying to you? Where is that tension? And where is the grace in that tension? Uh, And figure out, are you a Martha? Are you a Mary? I'm pretty much a Martha. Though I, like you, I'm working on being a Mary which sounds counterintuitive to work (laughs) being a Mary. (laughs) Um, I think I've become a little more Mary as I've aged. And so before we wrap up our time together, Claire, I ask each guest if they have a not lukewarm challenge and you supplied a great one. You want to explain it to us? Sure. I would love to challenge all of your listeners in the midst of their own stress and tension to try the gift acronym. And I am certain it will lead them to God and therefore they will not be living lukewarm. Of course, the more, the closer you are to God, the less not lukewarm you are. And so I will, of course, put the gift acronym gauge, invite, filter, transform, and a little explanation in the show notes so that people can do that. Claire, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Y'all do well with the Not Lukewarm Challenge. Stay in touch by signing up for the Live Not Lukewarm community newsletter. Everyone have a great week. Don't forget to use gift. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.